as most of you probably know, we've had a strange kind of rough couple weeks. Um, it's been kind of a bit chaotic and, and dealing with just like family issues and, and different things. And, and as much as I, you know, know deep down and, and even have taught how much that we need to rely on the Holy Spirit and, and seek the Lord in these things, I'm still a fixer and I want to try to fix everything. And it, it, it frustrates me when I can't fix things. Um, and there were some things that I couldn't fix on my own. And so we kind of, a few Sundays ago, fell apart in front of you guys, and you guys came up and just lifted us up in prayer, and it was just amazing. I'm so appreciative of it. Um, and Tracy, I speak for Tracy as well. I know she is, but you guys are awesome. And then even following up later, it was just really good. Um, but what's really cool is in, in the midst of all that, as, as I continue to seek the Lord in it and pray about it, he began to show me <laughs> how good he is. And he began to reveal to me um, how I can't do this on my own and how how I, I desperately, desperately need him every day, all the time. And so that's kind of where all this came from as I was studying it and, and praying as I was on the road uh, this past week. Um, I was trying to find a contrasting picture. If y'all saw the one I put, I put the Death Star because we've been catching up. Trace and I have been catching up on Star Wars because we didn't know. We, we haven't watched all the Star Wars, and, and some of you, I know, lots of jaws dropping. Some of you have seen them all, and you know the story. Well, we've seen, you know, I think we saw parts of the old three um, which was like five, four, five, and six, I think, and then we saw I saw the first new one, and then recently we saw New Hope, was it New Hope, and a uh, Rogue one, and so we went back and watched four, five, and six, and then we watched one, and now we're like, oh, that's Anakin. We know who this is. You know, we didn't know any of this stuff. So anyway, I, I was googling images, and the Death Star came up, and so I put it behind life because I thought it was neat because I was trying to contrast death and life, and I don't know if anybody picked that up, but I thought it was funny. Not real funny. All right. So, but anyway, I've titled this Life, and, and the reason is, is I'm going to talk about um, life. <laughs> talk about life. I'm going to talk about Christ's life in us. I'm going to talk about how that works and, and what that means. Um, and, and what I found, um, I didn't necessarily grow up in church, but after I got saved, I began to go to church and trying to play catch up mostly, trying to figure out, you know, I need to know all this stuff in here. <laughs> you know, has anybody ever been there? I've got to figure all this stuff out. I need to know all the things that all these people that are ahead of me know. They've already been in church. They already know the scriptures, and so I need to catch up. So it was good, and the Lord used that. But in that, I got into a, a, a bit of a performance mindset, and most of you in here know kind of what that means, but back then I didn't know what that meant. But I began to try to do more and do more and do more and do better and do better and do better. And in some ways I did. I succeeded in some, and I didn't succeed in others. But I think my heart was good, and I was trying to do the right thing. I don't think it was bad. Um, but in doing so, I would kind of missed what the gospel really is. I'd really missed what... Uh, uh, what the Lord was really trying to show me in that because I was trying to do it all on my own. Um, and a common phrase that I hear a lot in churches is when, when people get saved, they say, well, I gave my life to Christ or I gave my life. Have you all heard that or said that? Um, but, but what I found most recently, and I know it's just a, a different way of saying it, but, but it really means a lot to me that we really don't give our lives to, to him. He gives his life to us because he, we need his life, right? We, you know, I find, you know, if we give him our life, he just crucifies it and then gives us his. He doesn't need our life. It's his life that we need. Does that make sense? So this is the new life that we get. Um, and, and it's even evident we, we, uh, we saw that Michelle had finally had her baby. Woo! Thank goodness. We're getting really worried. Um, but when, even when you're given birth, we, we talk about being born again. Who's getting life there? The, the baby's getting life, right? It's not the other way around. <laughs> when we're born again, we receive new life. This is the new life that we receive. 
Um, through, through navigating and trying to figure out, um, I wouldn't even call it Christianity, but I guess church life, th- through the first probably five, five or six years of, of being saved or being born again, I was trying to discover what that looked like and how I fit. And honestly, I didn't fit in very well. Um, part of the reason we ended up at this church <laughs> is because I didn't fit very well within the constructs of a, of a I guess, typical church setting in that um, I didn't look the same. I didn't dress necessarily the same. Um, I wore, you know, goofy shoes. But, but there, was, there were things on the outside that, and it wasn't just on the outside, it was on the inside too. I knew that there was more. I knew there was more than just going through the motions and doing the things. You know what I'm saying? And so I really struggled with that. And Tracy and I both struggled with that when we, when we left the church that we had left. I um, was just trying to figure out where we fit and how this works. Um, and I'll never forget the first time we, we heard, which first we met all you guys, um, many of you guys, and got to know you. And it was just like family, and it was perfect. And then I heard Mark, and I was like, oh, he gets it. This guy really gets it. This is, this is real, you know. This isn't just the things that we do. This is, this is real in us. And so we began to walk that out and understand it more. And the more that I see it, the more I see um, all the times that I, that I tried so hard and I was, doing, I was just going the wrong direction. Um, but the reason is the, the, the religious spirit of religion puffs itself up and basically says that it's the way, the truth, and the life. Because it will, it will give you routines and it will give you uh, some sort of uh, formula to, to make things work well. Um, but the problem with that is it's, it's dependent on the routines or it's dependent on the, you know, your accountability partner or it's even dependent on you sometimes because you have to be strong enough to, to hold to this. You have to be strong enough. And what, what inevitably happens is you can do it for a while, but then you fall, you break, you make a mistake or, or you know, you just completely blow it. But we're not, yeah, but we're not, strong, we're not strong enough to, to hold that. And the reason is the gospel, and it says all throughout scripture, is received. Why is that important that we receive it? Because it's not achieved. It's not something that we work for. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we can hold on our own, in our own lives. So what I want to kind of get into is what does it mean to have new life or divine life? Um, And what I found is that in a lot of the settings that I found myself in, in a religious setting would say, basically, and we, and I got taught, I went through some classes about like evangelism and witnessing and man, it was kind of, it was very awkward and, and it was very hard for me to do. It it felt very unnatural Um, because what, what it basically taught me was look out at that world and all those people that do the bad things. You need to make them do the right things and, and let me teach you how to do that. But that didn't, it never worked right that way because I was looking at something that I couldn't, and it was so frustrating, too, because I really wanted, and it was good, with good intentions, and I think a lot of people do this, they really want to make people, I mean, they, they want them to know the Lord, and they want them to do the right things, but we've got so caught up on the surface that we've missed the point of it all. And what we've done is we've said, we need to make them act like us, basically. <laughs> and unfortunately, back then, I, I still didn't fully get it, and I wasn't perfect either, and I'm trying to make them act like me, and they're just going to fall like I fall. Um, but religion says, uh, and I heard this from another pastor, and I, I wrote it down, I stole his idea, but it says, religion says do, uh, and the gospel says done. Basically, Christ said it's finished. Uh, past tense, when, when you receive salvation, you receive what he bought for you. And so when it was finished, it was done complete. Uh, religion says you have to do to get this, and, and God says, I'm giving you this as a free gift. Um, Christ did it, it wasn't us. So 
All right, before we can look at the solution, we need to, we need to identify the problem. What's the problem? Uh, we don't have a doing problem. We have a being problem. We're human. We're not human doings. We're human beings, <laughs> right? Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin invaded the world through one man, Adam, remember the fall, and death through sin, and in this way death came to poor people. Is that what it says? Death came to mean people. No, death came to all people. Sorry. <laughs> we're born into this. We have a problem that we were born into. We have a location problem, right? We're located in a bad place from the beginning. We started off wrong because of someone else. So we're born into this sin. This is the location that we're born into from Adam, from, from Adam in Romans 5.12. And death reigned and invaded everyone like a disease. And, and it affected everyone in the same way. So how do you, if, if death entered through Adam and we're born into this death, how do we fix dead people? <laughs> how do we, do we consult with dead people? I mean, do we advise dead people? Right? What's the solution to death? Life, right? The only solution to death is life. I know this seems simple. This is elementary. But spiritually speaking, the only solution to death is life. I can't, I can't uh, you know, go up to a casket and try to convince someone <laughs> that they need to try harder to be alive. It doesn't make any sense. There's no, there's no convincing or advising someone or fixing someone's problem outside of life. <laughs> there's no fixing death without life. So the core problem is not doing, the core problem is being. So John 10.10 10 says, I've come that they may have life. Not, I've come so that they can gather in a building every Sunday and try really hard to do better, but it's only going to last until Wednesday night, and you've got to come back and get a shot in the arm so you can make it till Sunday. Right? Need a booster. Got to come in for the booster on Wednesday. Now this is a little counterintuitive for a pastor talking to a church, because I want you to come to church. I'm not saying church is bad. But that's not the core. <laughs> yeah, that's not the core. Uh, that's not the source from from where we get things. We're not the, the church. Isn't the source. It is Christ is the source where we get these things. So I can't cover everything in one sermon. So don't don't say, well, I don't believe in godly counsel, and I don't and I don't believe in you know we need to behave. Yeah, we need we need logic, and we need to understand and help each other. I'm just talking about the core issue here. The core issue is the church in and of itself is, is not the source. Like this building and us meeting is not the source. It's Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And he lives in you all the time, every day, every moment, every situation. And so this new life is not me trying to, to convince you or infuse you weekly or biweekly or whenever, whenever you guys can make it. <laughs> it's not that's not what the gospel is. That's not the truth. That's not the good news. If, if it was, then I would be very apologetic because we would fail eventually. We, I can't hold that. You can't hold that just by yourself. So John 10, 10 says, I come, uh, they may have life. Um, so we show up in Adam. We're in sin. And the only solution is to be transformed in, or transferred into Christ. It's a location problem. So we're in Adam. We're transferred into Christ. Um, Sin is operating outside of your location. It's absolutely delusional. This is why sin hurts and always leaves you frustrated and failing because it's operating outside of your identity. It's like saying, uh, me pretending that I'm not in this building and, and pretending like I'm somewhere else and I start acting like I'm somewhere else. I start like hailing cabs and like doing random things like that. It doesn't make any sense, does it? That, that doesn't make any sense. I start start pretending like I'm somewhere else, I'd be completely delusional because I'm really right here. 
So sin in the same way when we separate ourselves and, and try to operate outside of our identity leaves us frustrated because that's not who we are. And so what happens, we go, okay, God reminds us, okay, this is who you are. This is why sin doesn't satisfy because that's not how I've designed you. That's not what you're made to do. Um, this, I, I'm, if, the, if the problem is location, what's the solution? How's God fix this location problem? How does he move us? Um, Colossians 2.8, and, I, and I, I hope I can get through this whole scripture because I really wanted to pull one thing from it, but I, can't, I couldn't stop, so I kind of went all the way through. Um, but Colossians 2.8, if you, if you want to turn there, we're going to kind of read through, I think, 2.8 to 15, I think. Colossians 2.8. So the problem's location. This is, let's see how God fixes this. Now, pay attention. I've underlined so many things in this and highlighted so many things in this. So I might accentuate some because of the way that I did this. But this is really important to see this because look at the tense here. Past tense, present tense, future tense. Look at how he writes this. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow, delusional, through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For where? In For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought into fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Where? In him, location, look at the location. In him, you were also circumcised. You were, when? You were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, that's what I was talking about in worship. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off. When you, were cru- when you were circumcised by Christ, when you were circumcised by Christ. This happened at salvation. It may take you the rest of your life and into eternity to align your mind with it, to renew your mind to it, but this happened at salvation. This, this, this idea that we can hide things from God and we, we have to, yeah, we need to align our minds with it and understand that, that he rules over it, but we're not keeping him out of anywhere. He's there. He's, I mean, who do we think we are? So this was by human hands. Your whole self ruled by flesh was put off and you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him, having been buried with him 2,000 years ago in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins, location, in your sins, this is where you were, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you, what? Alive by yourself. Did he make you alive? Good luck. Good luck with that being like WWJD. Try, keep looking at your wrist. See how that works out. No. He made you alive with Christ. With Christ. He forgave us all our sins. All our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. 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 Which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Woohoo! Man, I, I, don't, I don't really know what to say other than that. I mean, that's, that's it. It can't get any clearer than that. He did it. <laughs> I got to stop thinking about him and start crying. All right. But this is good news. Having changed locations, 
receiving fullness in Christ, now everything you do is spiritual. Right? Where is Christ? He's in you, right? If, you're, if, you, if you've been born again, He's in you. So we operate from Christ. This is your source of life. Not a church service, not a theology, not a doctrine. And this frustrates me too. Grace, I don't, just so you're clear, I don't believe in some alternate gospel that's grace or some grace teaching or anything. I believe in the gospel. I believe in Jesus Christ and it centers on Him and His Holy Spirit. Fortunately, that includes grace. <laughs> Fortunately, good news, that includes grace. This is the gospel. This isn't a new trend or, or something. I just want to clarify. I'm not really going anywhere with that, but I just get frustrated when, when people say that like it's something separate. It's not separate. When Jesus said he came to give you life, did he not know? Who's texting me? Who's texting me? <laughs> I need to start putting that, putting that on silent or something. Well, I have something on here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a poem to you guys. Tracy calls it talk rap. <laughs> but I wrote it a long time ago, and it fit right in with this, so I'm going to go back and read it. Um, but it's kind of a poem. It's the only thing I've ever written that rhymes, and I, you got, most of you guys know I like rap music. And so I thought it was really cool. One day I was up here vacuuming. I came early to church when we used to clean the church, and I was vacuuming, and the Holy Spirit began to like download this like thing, and I was like... What? I'm like a rapper. But he never gave me anything else. It was like one thing. It's really good, but I think it is, but I never got anything else. Sorry. I digress. I'll, I'll, I'll do that in a minute. Um, so when Jesus gave you new life, do you think that he knew that you were going to have struggles? Do you think that he knew that you might lose, the lo- lose a loved one or a, or a spouse or a kid? Do you, think that, do you think that he knew that people that you trusted would hurt you? Do you think that he knew that? you think that he knows that? I think he does. I think that, I think that he knew that from the beginning. To that we're stuck in time and space. Once again, I'm sorry. This is where we are. But he knew all those things. And the reason I say that is because now everything that you walk through is a spiritual thing because the Holy Spirit is with you. So even the smallest detail when, when they run out of fries or something, <laughs> or when just the smallest details when you've had a rough day and then something happens and you go, I mean, this is, this is minuscule. This doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But I've had a rough day, and now this. Do you think he's not there? Do you think he's like, so? Deal with it. No, that's not a loving God. That's not a, that's not a loving father. A loving father takes the time and walks with you through it. Why? Why does he know these things? Because he's here. He's with us. So everything is an opportunity to walk in this new life with Christ. Everything that you do is an opportunity. So the law couldn't give us new life. Um, it wanted to. <laughs> it really did. The law really wanted to give us new life. It doesn't make the law bad. And this is, this is where a lot of, quote, unquote, grace preachers and teachers get attacked. Is that like, like they're against the law? The law was good and just and right. It just didn't carry the power to make you good and just and right, unfortunately. The law is like, we need to replace that projector. And I, I bought one a long time ago, an HD one to put up there, but I can't reach it. We don't, we don't have anything. And, that, and I was thinking about that this morning. It's, the law is like jumping up and trying to reach that. I really want to fix it because you can barely see sometimes because it's so faded. But I can, no matter how much I jump, I'll just get frustrated, right? I'll just, I, I really want to reach that. That's how the law is. The law really wants to fix you. It just can't do it. It really wants to. <laughs> it wants so badly to, but it doesn't have the power to do it. If it could, and, and the scripture will tell us, it would have, but then we wouldn't have needed Jesus. 
If the law could have made us right, then we wouldn't have needed Jesus. The law does its job in pointing us towards him. The law is good, it does it, and it's important, and I love the law for that, that it, that it teaches us that. Unfortunately, we've got many people in the New Covenant trying to go backwards and live by the law and live in the Old Covenant, and that's not, that's not good news. That's, that's that religious spirit that, that will corrupt you, and it's what he's talking about, this, these hollow human teachings, this delusional idea. Um, Well, I'll read, that kind of goes along with this. I'll read this. I want to read you my talk rap, Tracy calls it. And w- what came to me immediately was this, this image uh, of a beehive. I'm in here vacuuming, and I, I don't know why a beehive came to mind. And so I began to think about a beehive. Why is a beehive this, this, this? I started thinking of, of bees, and the, the bees were like sin. And anyway, all this stuff started coming to me, so I wrote this. Um, so I'll read it now. It says, I... Uh, uh, and it's basically a, a, a law versus grace kind of thing and how we needed the law to, to, to point us towards the Lord. <clears throat> I was full of dark nights, no bright mornings, no warnings, no bees swarming, just a calm hive. Resting, waiting for the taking, slowly breaking, I thought I could survive. The sin in me laying patient, unawakened, keeping quiet, no riots, just happy to find a place to hide. Until this law I saw, poking, prodding, roaming like it knows where it's going, finding the hidden things inside. Now these bees, they're awakened, they're stinging, they're bringing pain, revealing all my inner lies. Who will save me from this torture, this knowing, this truth I cannot hide? I'm bleeding, I'm needing an eraser, a savior to take this swarm from me before I die. Or can I make it through determination, self-preservation, or my inner mind? Maybe I'm stronger, but I can't take it any longer as these tears are swelling up my eyes. I fall to my knees, begging, pleading, no more reasoning, no more needing to find a reason why. Then comes a savior, no explaining, no taming this lion that consumes the hive. Now he's breathing, he's leading this awakened being. No more sleeping, no more creeping, I cannot hide. This Jesus responding to me, bleeding, my pleading, my needing, he came and he ate my pride. Now I'm taken by this power that devoured every tower that was supporting that broken life. I'm consumed with this fire, this desire in me to open others' eyes. This grace, undeserving, I was constantly swerving to avoid this free gift of life. Now I wake up and take up this new life that was purchased when the righteous died. Because he rose and didn't close the doors to the kingdom, we bring them to see that love is in his eyes. No surprise now the cries, no, no surprise now my cries are the same as the one inside. And so... <laughs> So what I thought about with that is, um, just like Paul talks about coveting, I didn't even know what coveting was. Now the law tells me coveting is bad, and all I do is find myself coveting. <laughs> um, we needed law to identify that we had a problem. But in the long run, law could not fix our problem. It could only lead us to the one that could. And Jesus was the one that could. And he is the one that can, currently. Um, Romans 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains in them. We often look at, look at judgment a long time from now, but the fact of the matter is we were born into judgment. <laughs> if we don't receive Christ, that's where we find ourselves. If we don't receive Christ, um, if we don't receive his new life, we are already condemned. We are, we are, 
we were on that path. We were born into this issue. It's a location problem. We're located there. Unless we change locations, that's where we end up. Does that make sense? So uh, we're like walking dead people, basically. <laughs> but he says he promises eternal life. Now, we've talked about eternal life before, and, and looking up the definition again, eternal life is without end, but eternal life is also without beginning. Now, we've all had a beginning, right? We were all born on earth. When we receive eternal life, this is a miracle in of itself because just saying that we receive eternal life is identifying that we receive, we receive a life that didn't have a beginning and doesn't have an end. This is a, tra- this is a transfer of God's life for us. Now, we were going to live eternally one way or the other, but we had a beginning. <laughs> but now we receive his life. Just saying that we receive eternal life by definition says that now we're receiving a life that had no beginning and no end. And the only one I know like that is God. This is the life that we've received. And that I know, and I love, I love the miraculous. And I love seeing miracles in, 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 in people, in the natural. But that in and of itself is a miracle. That we've, we've been, we've, this has been transferred. This has been given to us. As a free gift. We didn't even have to work for it. Most of you guys have jobs. We have to work to earn things. We don't have to do that. How cool is that? The greatest gift has been given to us. And what's great is, you know, I was born in 1977. I'll be 40 this year. I'm, I'm still coming to terms with that. I'm still trying to understand that I'm a walking talk. C.S. Lewis has a quote like, it's the hardest thing. That I really have to come to the realization that I'm a walking talking adult. Because <laughs> I still sometimes feel like I'm a kid. Um, but I was born in 1977, and when I received this new life, I didn't receive a little package or a text <laughs> or a ticket to heaven. I, re- I, re- I invited Jesus into my life to come live with me. That's a big deal. That's different. That's not a faraway thing. That's not a, a distant thing. That's a reality that I find myself in. And so I went, I transferred from death into life. Y'all remember Weekend at Bernie's? Y'all see that when he walks around? That's how, that's how we are. We, we walk around like dead people until someone reveals to us that there's life, that there's real life. Um, so because we, we've received eternal life, we've literally received his life. Literally. Um, and Jesus says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's Jesus talking. Me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Not an idea, not a theology, not a a ticket to heaven. You won't lose it. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. So you're saved. And what's interesting, we talked about this a few weeks ago about the kind of twofold thing. Most of y'all probably only remember the the, uh, Fusakli's bacon and cheese fries. But if that helps you remember the other part, that's fine too. But basically it was a twofold that we we receive uh, redemption and reconciliation through his death, but we also receive new life in him. That a lot of times we forget that second part. This is good. This is good news. And in, uh, let's see, Romans 5 9 says, We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Through his life. I used to hear people talking about, I'd give my life for this person, I'd give my life for this per- person. And most of them mean like I'd, I'd take a bullet, I'd jump in front of them, or, you know, or I'd die for them. That's not really giving your life. <laughs> That's giving your death, really. Your life is, is, is Christ's life is right now. His life is living through you right now. He died to reconcile you, but now he's living through you. Do you see the twofold salvation thing there? He died, he forgave you of your sins, but he didn't stop there. He gave you new life. 
eternal life. It's not uh, making your life longer or better. It is Christ's life in you. It is eternal life in you. And eternal life is living because he lives in you. Now, this most of you guys get it, so it may sound okay to you. But if you take this literally, and I do, it is a bit of a possession type of thing. And I was in a hotel room. It's funny, I was telling Trace about this the other day. I was in a hotel room flipping through channels because we don't have, like, cable or anything. So I did, when I'm in a hotel room, I look for, like, discovery and stuff like that. But I stumbled upon as I was going through. And it's frustrating because I've gotten kind of spoiled to, like, Netflix, and I can just go find whatever I want. So I was like, man, i got to change all these channels? Oh, first world problems. I don't know where to go. And I was too lazy to get up and look at the little thing on the desk that tells me what channels they are because I've been driving all day. Yeah. Anyway, so, <clears throat> so I'm flipping through, and Ghost, do you all remember the Ghost movie with Patrick Swayze? Any of you all remember seeing that? Um, and there was a part, and it was a good movie. I forgot how good a movie that was. It was a really good movie. Like, I thought it was just all lovey-dovey, but it was actually a pretty clever movie. It was lovey-dovey, too. But there was this part, there's a part, I'll never forget. I'm going somewhere with this. Bear with me. There was a part in there <laughs> that Whoopi Goldberg, you remember Whoopi Goldberg was in it, and she was like, uh, she could hear him and talk to his girlfriend or wife, whoever it was. Um, and there was a scene towards the end when they're communicating and, and, you know, it's getting real emotional. And she, she's getting frustrated because she doesn't want to do it, but she finds the sound. She's like, okay, come on. And he's like, what? And he's like, you can, like, invade me. Yeah, invade me, and you'll be, you'll be you, and you can communicate and touch because that's what they missed was the, the touch. They wanted to, you know, they loved each other, and it was a real good love story. And so in the movie, when, when they do that, what you see on the screen is him. And so he goes up to her, and it's real, it's real soft and sensitive, and they touch, and it's, it's a magical moment. She's crying, and uh, all I can think is, it's Whoopi Goldberg, and they're about to kiss. Ah! <laughs> and even this time, I remember thinking that way back then. It brought those memories back. I was like, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> but, but right before they do or whatever, this bad guy comes or whatever, and he's like, and he shoots out over. Which that sounds really weird, right? But this is what we're talking about. I mean, this is literally what we're talking This is Christ living with us. This is a possession type of thing. I know it seems kind of weird, and it seems foolish, but what did they call the early church? What did they call the early Christians? Foolish. They called them Christians, little, little, little Christs, little Jesuses. They thought they were crazy too. So this is, <laughs> this is the weird reality we find ourselves in, is that you're not possessed by Patrick Swayze, but you, we, are, we are literally walking and talking with Jesus with us. This, this, this word that, that I was talking about in, in, in worship that, that pierces like a two-edged sword, that's not bad news. That's not coming to, to cut us into pieces because of the sin. It's coming to show us how, good, how his love and how he can transform our lives and how we can change and we can't hide from him. We can't hide all these issues that we have because he wants to help us with them and he wants to take them away from us and he wants to fix us because we can't fix ourselves. All, the, all these things that were so scary before are brought to light when you, when you put them behind the lens of Jesus, when you put them behind the lens of Holy Spirit, when you put them behind the lens of his reality and not your fears and your misunderstandings and your perspective. We want so badly to limit God to our own understanding of him. We want so badly to put him in this box so that, so that we feel more comfortable, more comfortable with the way that he is. But you're not always going to be comfortable with the way that he is because he is going to reveal in you better things and more things and things that you won't be confident in yourself. And so you may walk different, you may talk different, you may get attacks. But the reason why you get attacks is because people can see and the enemy can see that you're doing something and something is happening. That's what I find in myself. 
I speak a lot from experience, not that I'm anything special, but because I know it, because <laughs> I experience it. And so this, this, is, uh, this is why we look within. We, we don't look at, uh, like I said earlier, a bracelet, WWJD bracelet, and think, well, we need to, we need to pretend to be or, or try really hard to be like this guy, that, this teacher that lived 2,000 years ago. And that, that is kind of foolish if people would look at us like that. They're like, what? You, you know, you, you're just trying to follow this guy that was here 2000, this, this famous guy that lives 2,000 years ago. You're trying really hard. And then when they see you fail, then, then they're like, oh, well, it didn't work, right? We, we look within at the Holy Spirit and actively communicate with the Holy Spirit daily. What is he putting on your heart now? What is he revealing to you in this situation? How is he renewing your mind to, to this specific purpose, this specific season, this specific relationship? How is he moving and working and revealing? How can we actively communicate with him? This is, this is where we are, not how can I try to figure out the better way to do it. So life is now, it's present, it's, it's our current location. So I've been crucified with Christ and I lo- no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So Christ lives in us. This is, you know, we say that like when Paul says, you know, to, to live as Christ, that's, we, that kind of rolls off our tongue. It sounds good. But that's kind of crazy if you really think about it, to live as Christ. Um, let me see. Who can I get? I want to do a, a demonstration. <laughs> Gabe said, not me, not me. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Who? Brian. Everybody wants Brian to come up here? Brian, yeah, Brian, come up here. I'll embarrass you. <laughs> Brian's first day back. I'm going to come up here and embarrass him. All right. Uh, sit down here, Brian. Sit down right here on this side. It's got to be on my left side for no reason. All right. We're going we're gonna to play pretend. Brian's dead. He's really not dead. But Brian's dead, right? Brian's dead. He can get no debtor. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commute. You don't have to do anything because you're dead. All right. <laughs> he's been dead for a while. He's he's stiff. Brian, uh, I need I need you to to look a little different today. I, I don't like those boots that you're wearing. Um, can you can you not wear those boots to church anymore? He's, you can't say anything. You're dead. <laughs> Come on, man. Work with me. Um, I need. Uh, I heard I heard that you were in a place that you shouldn't have been the other day. I don't know much about it, but I heard that. I need you to not be in that place anymore. I need you to need you to act better. Can you can you act any better? <laughs> See how ridiculous this is? Um, what what uh what <laughs> stop moving. You're dead. So what, so what does Brian need? Does Brian need... Okay, wait, Brian, hang on. I wrote all these things down. I need you to read these. This is good advice. This is really good. I've got two sermons in there that are not Holy Spirit-led that I don't know what to do with. You need to read over those. I really do. But I need you to... They're good advice. I mean, it's good news. It's good stuff. I need you to, to do that and then apply it to your life. Apply it. How frustrating is that? That's what religion does. 
Do better. Now let's get serious for a minute. I know this is funny, but let's get serious for a minute. Brian, I see you're destroying your life with alcohol and your family. And I see that you've, you've got an addiction, and this isn't true. I see you've... <laughs> none of this is true. This is all fake. I see you've got an addiction to pornography, and it's killing you. It's hurting you. It's destroying your, your marriage. He's not married, so it's definitely not true. It's destroying your marriage. This is bad. I really, really, I want, I want you to be better. I, I don't want this to happen to you. And this is, this is what religion, it really wants good, too. It's not all bad. It's not, it's not all silly. It's real. I found myself years into to being born again wanting to shake people. Please see what I see. Have you ever found yourself there? Please. Don't you see that there's something better for you than this? This is destroying your life. But I couldn't convince them to do it, and I still can't. He needs to taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a, I can't play it because it's probably a little taboo, but uh, there's this, well, probably a lot, there's this, uh, it's like a sexual consent British thing, the T, I don't know if y'all have seen it. It's pretty hilarious and, and pretty, pretty interesting. But in the same way, you can hang out for a little bit. You're dead. Uh, in the same way, it, it talks about consent and different things like that. I made you tea, drink the tea, you know, kind of thing. And you can't make people drink, you don't make people drink tea. You know, you can make the tea. And in the same way, I, what, from, from what I got from that, um, was in the same way we can't force people to taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't shove it down their throats. They have to taste it for themselves. How do they taste it? Your fruit. Your fruit. How do, how do we... I don't want to say apply this to our lives. We have new life. We renew our minds to the Holy Spirit that's within us, and fruit begins to happen. Fruit happens. Here's what's interesting. The Lord will reveal to you, and you'll begin to see it when people begin to see that love in you, and what he needs is life. He doesn't need good advice. Is there good advice? Yes. Do we need, as Christians, do we need to come together? Confession, the, the thing we've screwed up about confession, you confess your sins to one another. That's healthy. That's good. We need to confess sins to one another. We don't need to continue to confess our sins to God because he's forgiven us of them all. He knows. Maybe we need to talk to him. Well, that's fine. But, but the, what the Bible says about confession of sin is confess one another because we need help sometimes for someone else to say, hey, this is who you are. You don't need to do this because that's outside of your identity. So it's good to confess sins to one another. I'm not saying don't do that. What I'm saying is he doesn't, he doesn't just need good advice. He needs life. He needs new life, and he needs the Holy Spirit, and he needs Christ in his life. He, I don't think he does, really, but this imaginary scenario. Um, he needs CPR. He needs breath. He needs life. He needs Holy Spirit. Amen. This is good. This is, this is not complicated. This, this puts us, oh, I keep saying this. I hate to repeat myself all the time. This puts us in a precarious position because we carry this life. We have this life. You have this life. So the question is, it's hard to navigate through this without trying to, trying to teach more than I really need to. Listen. I'll, I'll say that. I'll give you that advice. Listen to Holy Spirit. Listen to what I say, too. I think it's Holy Spirit inspired. I don't think that I'm bad or wrong. But listen to Holy Spirit in your own life because it's not just here um, that the Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit was with the Peppers when they went to Orlando and dropped their youngest daughter off. And that was probably kind of tough. 
but you didn't have to call the office in here and be like, Holy Spirit, <laughs> or, or Justin, I need, you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit is with you. This is, this is, this is real. <laughs> so when you leave this place, I'll tell you what, we're going to do, we haven't done a while. Okay, you, thank you. Brian, Danny, ladies and gentlemen, he's alive. He's alive. I want to do this, um, and as I was studying this morning, uh, going over all this stuff, and then even in worship, I, I, we haven't done this in a while, and I just want to give an opportunity. So if you guys will stand up with me, we're just going to have a, a, a um, just an invitation, really. Whether it's uh, whether you've never experienced this this new life, I want to give opportunity for that. If you have experienced it and you just need to, to do business with the Lord, I mean, the altar's open if you want to pray up here. If you want to pray where you are, that's fine too. We're not, we're not here to embarrass anybody. Um, but I just, I just feel like it's, it's, uh, it's appropriate to do this now. Because as, as awesome as this new life is, if you've already received it, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that everyone in here has received that new life. So in doing so, we just want to give an opportunity. Um, this is not the first or the last opportunity we give, and there's nothing special about these altars or me or, or this, but, but if the Lord's speaking to your heart right now, I just, want to, uh, I just want to pray for you. And so the good news about this new life uh, is that it's free. <laughs> and you don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to... Uh, to fix all your problems before you get it. It's a common misconception. I had that misconception. Um, I thought I had to stop listening to all the music and stop cussing and doing all those things, but the Lord came and met me right where I was in the midst of it all. So I just want to take this opportunity. Uh, um, I'm going to say a prayer and... and uh, and, and literally all you have to do is say, yes, Jesus, I accept that. I receive that. And I'll be up front. Tracy and I will be up front uh, for a little bit up here if you want to come pray with us. Uh, and Melvin and Libby, in, in just a moment, I'll ask you guys to come up too. We'll have a few people up here if you just need prayer. Um, but I just want to invite you to, uh, to just seek the Lord right now and, and, and hear what he has to say to you. And so I'm going to pray for you guys, and then we're going we're gonna to be up here for a moment, and then I'll close. Lord, right now, if, if, uh, if you're speaking to someone in this place, you're speaking to their heart and they haven't experienced this new life, Lord, I pray that, that just as you did me, you will, you will draw them close to you. Lord, I don't have to convince you to, to be as attractive as you are. It's just, it's just your nature. You're that good. And so, Lord, just do what you do. <laughs> Holy Spirit, uh, be who you are and draw those people to you. And so we, we just pray right now that... Uh, You'll make that clear to anyone in here that, that needs that or wants that and, and uh, wants to accept that and receive this new life. Listen, it's good news and it's a trade-up, I promise. So right now, if that's you, just, uh, just say, if you want to say it out loud or you just want to say it in, in, you know, silently to yourself, Lord, I accept that. I accept your new life. And these aren't, this isn't a perfect formula, but just giving you ideas. You just you say, Lord, I receive you. I receive, I receive your Holy Spirit. Lord, I accept uh, this good news and I accept your new life for mine. 
I know that I wasn't good enough to, uh, to get it, but you were. So, Father, I, I just seal in the hearts of those that have, that have made that commitment today. Lord, that just as it did me and many others in here, that it would just explode in them. That every moment of every day they would be reminded of it. And that when they, get, when they get scared and they get afraid and they have troubles and they have struggles and they get hurt, that, that just as you do with many of us, Lord, that you would just fill that place and begin to speak to them and move in their lives and reveal yourself every day and every day and renew their minds every day, every day, every moment. So we just seal that in their hearts right now. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.